HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 it's Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's January 28th, 2014, and I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 in the Good Beer Seal. We've got a great show tonight. we got Augie Carton from Carton Brewing in New Jersey. John Lubbaum from Be United Importers uh, with a special guest uh, from a new Spanish brewery, uh, David. And uh, Dave Broderick, my buddy, a Blind Tiger and, and Dom from Vermont. Hey, How Jimmy. are you, Dave? I'm doing great. How are you doing? You know, I, I'm just get, coming out of the gate. You, I just want to talk to you because I haven't seen you in a while. And uh, I wanted to give a special intro. First of all, why do I like beer? Remember, we, there's a Tom T. Hall song, I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I miss that song. I know. And last night, I, I drank whiskey for Burns Night. And uh, I'm feeling it today. <laughs> I think there's, there's definitely a reason why I like beer, and I, I find beer to be a good part of a good life and uh easier to bounce back from yeah so i was thinking we should talk about that we've got some uh uh uh, brewer our friend david uh ruiz from art serviceers in in spain Uh, you've got like a spiritual message you know you're interested in things like the environment and you revived an old farmhouse and augie too you're kind of like the the prophet of uh of beer, at least in New Jersey, he is a very religious yeah. person. I've always found. Yeah, and I just I found you just had a, a blog. You, you wrote about Blind Tiger when it only had coffee. Well, in between one tiger and the other was there was the coffee tiger, and that was my spiritual experience. <laughs> it was very, very, very unsatisfactory. So let's talk. So, so, so I like beer. That's a great song. But why do I like beer? Why do I like like beer more than whiskey? You know what, what's so special about beer that makes me feel good and it's good for the community. You should go around the room. That's my question. <laughs> well, Jimmy, it's uh, John from Be United. Uh, I personally love whiskey. I do a lot of whiskey education stuff. Um, one thing, you know, whiskey is essentially the alcohol taken out of beer. So you're losing the carbohydrates that help you deal with the alcohol. You're losing the yeast that helps you deal with the alcohol. You're le- losing the water that helps you deal with the alcohol. Uh, but so it sort of does lend itself to a rougher second day. Yeah, and I, I like I, I love whiskey. 
and uh, and I might start actually the up in Vermont when I'm sitting in the cabin, especially in winter and sitting in front of the fire. I'll actually start, you know, after our day at work and everything, I'll have a whiskey to start, and then I switch to beer um, for the rest of the evening because I need to get up and do it again the next day. You know, my philosophy on that's always the quantity of alcohol. If you start from something with something that has a little bit of alcohol and then move to a similar liquid with way more alcohol, you sort of lose proportion. So why not start with the stronger stuff and yeah, then it seems work your to, way down? Exactly. I like that way better. What what is it about beer, Dave? There's something about beer that that it somehow makes me feel good. It's good for the community. You know, it's it's partly the flavor profile and and uh, something about those hops that make you feel better about things. There's a lot of things in there that are designed to make you feel better. Well, I think that D- Dave Ruiz from Art Service Service has something to say about that because I was really inspired when I I guess between thinking about how my head hurt from not drinking beer. And to, to read in his little blurb, it says, their beers are the results of their philosophies, which is kind of neat, designed to explain and promote the world of beer from the Spanish cultural side, revive an iconic old farmhouse in the agricultural region of Vals, and promote an environmentally friendly way of doing business. Yeah. So, David, t- tell, us, tell us about beer and why you love beer. Well, I've been in uh, a blind tiger one hour ago, and I've seen a lot of people uh, joking and laughing and uh, playing around the beers. For me, beer is a social uh, drink. Maybe the whiskey isn't, but uh, it is for a little while. But then. yeah, it's it's a, it's a, um, it's something that you drink and you uh, compare and you and you uh, you do a social a social drinking. In the case of our services, what we are trying to do is to um, to make beers trying to use our local ingredients and uh, as far as we don't have a, a micro maltery near us what we do is to use different uh, ingredients like um, grains like water and like uh, some uh, uh, plants to give our beers uh, something Catalan, something different something different from I- American IPA and uh, those beers because we think that in that way we we promote uh, local community local uh, farmers and we give something to uh, to the shops and to the restaurants different whatever this uh, beer arrives can be the United States or or Europe yeah we were talking about that today um, that you know, people that come into New York, they want to drink, you know, a lot of New York beer. And it's nice to have, wherever you go, it's yeah. nice to have some things that are really from, really from that area. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what, you know, a lot of the beer tourists and, or just people, tourists in general are looking for that now, like that local experience. This is not happening in Catalonia, in Barcelona. It's not happening? No. Uh, but you're going to make if it if happen. You, yeah, if, of course. We're trying to make it happen. What happens there is where you go to a, a beer bar with uh, 10 tops, uh, 80% or 90% is uh, a beer from abroad, and only 10% or 20% is local beer. Um, the first thing I've learned from Brooklyn, where I uh, land yesterday, is that uh, local beers are heroes, and I really like it. 
and it's uh, it's that's that's how we're weighed. That's a good one, John. What what's the first beer that we're drinking? Uh, well, the first beer we have from Art Sears is the Talk de Spelta. Um, I mean, I can certainly tell you a little bit about it, but maybe I'll just pass the mic back to the the brewmaster himself. Mm-hmm. Talk de Spelta is uh, the first approach of uh, using local ingredients. This is a kind of Weizen beer, and it uses uh, twen- uh, 25% of uh, um, spelt, mm-hmm. not malted spelt, local organic non-malted spelt and the rest of the ingredients are organic too and this spelt gives uh, the beer something special like um, I don't know um, something uh well speaking for myself I definitely get the sort of Weizen origins of this beer but the quality of the the grain character and the flavor is just incredibly soft and incredibly um has a lot of integrity to it and is surprisingly long. I mean, this is a beer that I would think would be very quick and very nourishing and very quenching, but just the flavor goes on and on and on and really is uh, quite reflective. It's amazing that there's no spices in this. Well, you're, it's beautiful that you're, you are committed to, to using local ingredients, and we're going to talk more about that later because more people in New York are doing the same. Yeah. But I can taste it. I mean, it's definitely like just the, the spelt and the wheat. It, 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 it's the character of the beer. You know, the grain comes through. Yeah, you know it's 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 pure. It's it's like a kind of grain tea, you know. Mm-hmm. And Augie, one of our uh, you know New York area brewers from New Jersey, Augie too. You know this this value of beer. Well, first of all, what do you think about this? It's like kind of a local grain Spanish. Actually, I liked it a lot. I thought there was there's something in the spelt that spoke to me like saffron, but like in a well made saffron broth. And you're talking about like the body's not monster, but it does stay there for kind of ever like. Like a saffron muscle thing would, and that's what I was mm. picking out before you identified it as spelt. I think it's a very cool beer. Um, you know, if going to your conversation about why beer, I like to preach that it's just cuisine and there is no food in beer or food in wine or anything else. It's just cuisine and it has its part. And you come from like the definitive cuisine place in the world right now. So if you're not, if everybody over there isn't catching beer up to that food, good on you yeah you know what i mean like i've been over there eating a bunch and that's what you should do you know what i mean that's, mm-hmm. they need you that's what i'd say what about from up in vermont dave you you're you're farming a little bit you know you're, you're hanging out with uh young farmers and, and brewers and things and uh you i bet i can relate to david you know what he's talking about from catalonia and what do you think i'm trying to get some big Big concept stuff, but I've big, already heard big uh, picture stuff. I've already heard things like the social drink and it is natural and local brewers are heroes. It's kind of some cool, yeah, cool <clears> stuff. <throat> I think that uh, there's definitely a lot of that, not just in Vermont, but all the rural areas are are really looking to um, kind of establish their own uh, way of expressing where they're from. You know, whether it's beer, food, whatever animals that they're raising, they really want to get that. Um, that terroir and whatever they're doing and so uh, I think that it's a definitely a big part of Vermont I mean all the friends that I hang out with are all kind of looking for their way of expressing themselves uh, from that place that they're in that's beautiful John you know you've brought so many great uh, brewers from different countries here to our show thank you thank you man and uh, tell us your ex- your experience and a little bit more about about this group, the Art sure, Services. Sure, ab- absolutely. I have a couple things to say. One, uh, Dave, to what you were just saying. You know, for me, the fundamental difference between wine and beer is that wine is agriculture and beer is cooking. 
um, you know, if you're making wine that's dependent on what your terroir is, what your soil is, what your weather is, what your climate is, what grapes can you grow and what will those grapes taste like? Beer is cooking. Beer is I'm taking the best ingredients from all over the world and crafting something the same way a master chef would. Um, I had the great pleasure of going to a beer festival in Barcelona, um, actually during Superstorm Sandy uh, back, jeez, um, almost a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago now. Um, and in that's, to going that's to this, where you got to be for Hurricane Sandy. Uh, I was actually stranded for a week in Europe while my pregnant wife was without power in Brooklyn, <laughs> so it wasn't the best. But there are worse ways to spend a vacation. Uh, vacation, um, but so I got sounds to like you planned it, John. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, um, I did get to visit Art Service Sears in addition to a number of different breweries. We've had our SB United, you know, beer importers, sort of looking around the world for the most um, exciting and inventive things. We'd had our eye on Spain for a while as Spain is starting to develop and had not been terribly excited about what was coming out of it. But this trip, we found a couple of really spectacular breweries, including Art Servicers. I think that in addition to using local ingredients and um, sort of being very tied into the um, agriculture and the gastronomy of their area, their beers reflect uh, have a real Catalan character to them. They reflect Catalan cuisine in a way that speaks to sort of the craft and the culture of the area, not just the ingredients being grown there. And I really think that uh, David's beers are extraordinary. Great. All right. Hey, let's try the other one, too. Um, Here you go. I know you brought two beers. Uh, yeah, we have two beers from Art Service Beers currently available in the States, with more to come very soon. Um, the next beer I um, thought I was pronouncing correctly, but I've been proven wrong today. It's Core? Coda. Cora, there you go. It is copper. Which means copper, in a reference to the color. But, uh, David, tell us a bit more about it. Well, it's a winter ale, and we use uh, a brand from uh, North Scotland, which is uh, Mirica Gale, which is uh, like a kind of heather. And we use it because uh, we wanted to create a beer uh, which was um, similar to the beers, how the beers could be before uh, adopting hops to conserve them. And they use in the Groot they use this plant and as it, it was a winter ale we wanted to use some local ingredient again well it's not a gro- local ingredient but it's an ingredient that we use a lot in winter and uh, um, in the um, in Noel in, uh, Christmas. in Christmas time in Catalonia which is nutmeg we make nutmeg some, that's yeah, yeah make some pasta with nutmegs and we wanted to, to mix the Nagmex and uh, the America Gale to, to brew this beer. This is a very ar- aromatic beer. It's an 8.3 uh, great uh, alcohol. Is there, are there beer. any hops in this at all? Yeah. There's some hops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some hops. Only one hop, I think. It's a, it's a Tenang. Hmm? And, uh, but yeah. the, 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 um, the character given by the nutmeg and the and the and the medica gale it's really nice beautiful it's hey. very warm it's very warming that's for sure yeah. <laughs> cheers to uh, arts uh, servicers from uh, catalonia hey we're gonna take a short break we'll be back in a few minutes on beer sessions radio we'll talk more about uh, all good things cheers to everybody all right
You're listening to Leaving by Dead Stars on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. So you like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit GreatBrewers.com today. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's uh, Tuesday. It's a January. It's always Tuesday, Jimmy. It's always We're here. Tuesday. Roberta's in Bushwick. I'm starving. I'm, I'm waiting for you know the next beer that Augie brought from Carton. But uh, we got the very cool guests tonight: Dave Broderick, John Lumbaum, Augie Carton, some regulars. But uh, Dave from uh, Arts Cerveceria in uh, in Catalonia. We're tasting some of his beers, like some local ingredients from uh, from Spain. And uh, I'm going to have Augie and Dave going to ask some serious questions. We're going to put them on the spot. This is like kind of like the ask the brewer question time. So, so my question is: when you're formulating, when you decide to do a new beer, um, how do you start? You know, do you start with um, some ingredient that you want to work with, or do you have an idea, an overall idea for some kind of flavor profile you're looking for, or where do you begin, or is it always different? We always begin with uh, consumer. And after that, we be, uh, we follow with ingredients. Always trying to to give something special through the ingredients, through local ingredients. That's so. So when you say you start with a consumer, you get feedback from people saying, yeah. "We're looking for something like <coughs> what?" And what do they say to you? Give us an example. Sometimes, uh, most sometimes we look abroad and we see what's happened, not in Spain but in the States or or in Norway. And then uh, um, we ask, uh, we, we speak a lot with our customers, a lot. And they give uh, bad news and good news. And we follow what they do and what they tell us. And then when we decide to, to make a good, uh, a new recipe, uh, we always think, we always uh, uh, first get in touch with, uh, with the customers. And then always uh, do something new, do something special make something special, and, of course, uh, try to use local ingredients. For example, now we are testing a new Hoppy Pilsner because uh, our customers say that for summer it's a very, very good uh, beer. But we'll, we're going to do it with thinking, thinking of, always thinking of uh, local ingredients and something special. But the customer 
it's very important right. for us. Augie, let, let's ask your brewer question. Um, well, actually, I like sticking on the terroir topic, but per your brewery, when when we talk about what we do, I'm, I'm lucky enough to make beer in the town I grew up in, that my dad grew up in, that his dad grew up in, in New Jersey. And the thing we're most careful about not to step on is our water. We think it's very drinkable and therefore makes is, is primary to why our beers big or small are drinkable. And I'm wondering, you know, a lot of guys treat water and... When you're, when you're going for local, how do you handle your water per se? What do you do to it? Good question. Yeah, we use we use a normal water, uh, normal kettle and water, but we treat it. <clears throat> but uh, what we're trying to do is to uh, put some uh, thermal, some spring water in our beers. Like high mineral content water? It's thermal water. Okay. Uh, we have uh, some... Uh, um, uh, thermal water sources nearby. Okay. One is in Caldas and Mambuy, and the other is in La Garriga, mm-hmm. as you might know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they are very specific water. Yeah. I think uh, through Be United, we are going to uh, bring some, yeah, I think some uh, spring, uh, some thermal. Uh, so, John, tell us about the thermal water. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, I'm sort of jumping at the, uh, chomping at the bit to get in here. Um, <laughs> When I first met David in uh, 2012, um, one beer he told me about was this beer he had made with 100% untreated thermal water from a hot spring. And unfortunately, he made, what was it, 1,000 bottles of it or some insanely small amount of beer. And, oh, if only I could find some, you'd love it. And I managed to – my one day actually in Barcelona was um, a Sunday. That's kind of like that, that great idea I had. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And time. essentially nothing in Barcelona is open on a Sunday. But I did find one beer store, which is sort of one of the great beer stores of Barcelona, that happened to be open and happened to have a bottle left. So I managed to bring a bottle – I mean, God, I brought probably 60 bottles back in my suitcase that trip, but brought one back that we could taste as a company, and it was truly extraordinary. I mean, you want, as I said before, you know, beer is cooking, but you want to get some terroir in the beer, use the <laughs> insanely specific thermal water that... So what's the thermal water like? I mean, what? how do you describe it? Uh, I can't speak to the water. David could tell you more. I can tell you more about the beer, but I, again, I feel the urge just to pass the mic back to the brewmaster. <laughs> well, this water has a lot of fluor. And it's always uh, something uh, difficult to to manage with the beer, <clears throat> but it gives some salty uh, um, taste uh, that, together with uh, with uh, mm, a smoky malted uh, grain, gives something uh, interesting. And uh, what was the name of the thermal beer that you made? It's called Calderina because the town where uh, the source is is called Caldas. Great. And Aug, on the, we just had a, a winter ale uh, from Spain. Aug, you, you brought a winter ale also. From yeah, I brought, I brought decoy along. Decoys uh, I have a refill? Sure, of course. Uh, decoys David, did you get some? <laughs> Not yet, because I'm in line behind you. Tell us the beer, and then also what like uh, this is. This is like a special growler that you brought us. Uh, so decoy decoys are winter warmer. Its basic concept is um, it's we use the five spices Daniel Hume uses on his duck at his restaurant Eleven at Madison Park on kind of an American version of a Belgian quad because it's a figgy thing. The ducks made with figs, so that's how we got there. 
Um, and it's 12%. It's one that I really like to age. So for those certain ones we like to age, we have this half growler we sell in the brewery. And to make it last beyond the growler capacity, we counter-pressure fill it, cap it, and wax it. Because being a wine guy, too, I'm kind of afraid of corks. I know they're popular, but corks ruin a lot of things, and I get TCA and beer a lot. We like caps. So that's what you got there is a wax cap from December. It's it's really smooth. It's twel- over 12%? It's 12 Wow. Yeah, I'd never put this at twelve percent. No, yeah, that's but really that's that drinkability. Shame on you. No, it's shame our water. But so just <laughs> on, on the side right now, you're doing that. You're you're you're, you're capping and wax wax coat wax topping these growlers. We do a small beers. amount of anything. I think will last in a cellar. So you're not going to get boat. Or so how, how many how many of these decoy do you have left, and how long are you going to hold them for? I probably have a case left. I think we made five cases of them, and I've got a case of my own in my cellar for. You know, a blind tiger event ten years from now. Oh, that's good. So, how do you like? This is very drinkable right now. How do you think this is going to age? Um, the, if while you're drinking, you'll get like a charcoal thing very high in the malts that should fall down a little. Um, the spices are five spices, and we really tried to bring them together. One of those counts as honey. It's lavender, nutmeg, Sichuan peppercorn. So they'll become a flavor altogether, and not five things you can pick out. And the 12%, I mean, it'll last forever. Um, there's no real hop in there to go out. That's, you know, I think, it'll, I think it'll integrate a little more than it is. But keep in mind, we strive for integration on release. It just, there's things that will correct with time. Right. You know, Augie, you, you've been a great figure. I mean, first, not of all in New Jersey beer, but, you know, you, you're in New York City. And, um, you know, you have your own brewery and you represent a lot of things. Um, but what, what I'm interested in with, with David is that he's got like a... a mission statement almost now you guys are like you, you, your dream was you and jesse were home brewing and, and perfecting recipes and and you open a brewery and uh there's we the love that mission statement you got a mission statement too well, of course jimmy you're like the only person that doesn't have one okay it's because it changes all the time like last night i had whiskey and now my mission statement is to find why i love beer so much exactly so it says what carton brewing it's what having decided they had Something to contribute to the very exciting conversation going on in craft brewing. You guys made a brewery. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. <That's it. laughs> but we I think try- it's about flavor creation. <laughs> I still want to go back to David because he's the most unique guy we've had in a long time. And that you know he's like the spiritual prophet guy who's like loves his beer. And it said uh, I've got these great notes from from Justin Kennedy, one of our producers. Uh, but it says the Brewers Art Project was the materialization of an idea born in 2006. From after more than 15 years of promoting beer culture, is that what you were doing? Like, yeah. how, let's go to the back. Let's, how did you get started doing this? You were promoting beer. We started in uh, at the university. Um, Are you a professor? No, I'm not. But uh, our brewer is. But you feel you you kind of seem like a guy from university. Me? Either like a priest or a professor. You're calling him a professor. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, he before, has a sweater before. and he has uh, the old school. He's got patches on his elbows. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're, um, you're really—he's he's really like kind of a throwback, you know. He's like you're—you're—are you're, 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 you a scientist? No. Are you are you an artist? <laughs> an academic? <laughs> something. Um, before before starting something, the the most important is uh, to promote the culture. Hmm? Um, in Spain, we have four uh, companies that um, dominate the market. Hmm? Uh, 99% of the of the 
of the brew of the beers that uh, are sold in Spanish uh, industrial uh, mm, beer. So when we started, we first traveled to uh, Great Britain and then to Italy and then to Belgium, and we saw that uh, in those countries, uh, beer uh, was at the same level as wine, and we and we loved beer. And what we do, uh, what we did was to start. Uh, brewing uh, our own beer in our houses and then make some uh, um, mm, well uh, to, to explain the how, to, how to make beer uh, your own and uh, to explain how um, many um, how uh, well, well, all, all, the, all, the, all the culture of the beer that uh, we didn't have in Spain and after that uh, we wrote a book which is called uh, How to Make Beer in Your House, How to Homebrew. And it was the first uh, um, book uh, written in a Spanish language to, to brew your own beer. And after that, uh, we decided to... to so you're a homebrewer? Yeah. No, I, I, uh, <clears throat> let's Tell me, in, in, do you speak Spanish or Catalan? Catalan. In Catalan, how do you say homebrewer? Cerveza Casolana. I like that. <laughs> and how do you how do you pronounce the name of your brewery in Catalan? Art Cervases. All right. Any, I love hearing you speak Catalan. I mean, that's really his language. It's so, so rare that you, know, you get to speak I, it. We, Tavid, you do that. You do that so well. Yeah. You know, we we, 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 yeah. we had a show where we had a guy guy speaking Czech, and we we've had a, a couple other people speaking their own language. We had a German show, and we're not going to go into Catalan show right now. But <laughs> I, it's something that you know, as we're talking on the air, and our listeners, I'm going to explain that th- this guy's passion has a lot to say. And I just realized he was saying that he was a home brewer. You know, and Jimmy, you're talking about sort of Catalan culture. Spain, you know, is finally start is finally having the beer revolution that we've been expecting from it for five or six years. And most of the breweries are opening up in Catalonia. Sort of, there's something about the Catalan um, cultural personality that's fiercely independent and very proud and very invested in its culture. And I think that's really coming through and they're wanting to establish new breweries and establish a brewing culture and a personality. Mm. I mean, David, is that something that you see in Spain, that Catal- Catalonia is sort of moving this in yeah. the right direction? Yeah. Maybe uh, there are uh, many big uh, or bigger uh, breweries uh, in the other parts of Spain, but the most uh, small and interesting breweries are in Catalonia. No, it's definitely it's the great food. I mean, I'm going to, full disclosure... First cookbook I ever read and, and, and cooked from when I had my first restaurant. It was called Catalonian Cuisine by a great American, uh, Coleman Andrews, who mm-hmm. was the first editor of Savoir Magazine and he's Daily Meal now. But that that he w- lived in Catalonia when he was a young man and he was inspired by the cuisine. And when I first started cooking, I would make a, they, they, like you have so many cool things. There's like these flat pizza doughs that you make and uh, in the spring you do spring onions and yeah. all these things so you know tell us about some of the cuisine that, that you like because it sounds like that if if you're really catalan and as as Augie was saying that that food is is important to you as beer right because yeah. your, your beer tastes like food like that spelt the first beer it was spelt i could taste grain yeah. and the second one it was like the the, the nutmeg so it's like it's like i'm drinking food yeah it's like it has a savory quality to it as john said uh to make a good beer is to cook, hmm? and uh, we have a very uh, cooking culture in Catalonia. We have uh, 
one of the best restaurants in in, in the world, which is. Uh, um, uh, can't remember his. Can't remember the, the first. Oh, yeah, no, it's closed. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's closed now. That's why I went <laughs> twice. But I'll show you that kind of I just, I just want the like this the spring onions that are like kind of charcoal cooked. But uh, apart from the what is it called? Uh, from, from the start, from the Michelin star, you have a, a lot of restaurants, uh, um, local restaurants. Arzac. Conroca, Arzac. Arzac um, is in the north, is in vast country. Yeah, it's, it's good too, yeah. So you guys, are, you're very proud of your culture as well, which is, which yeah, is beautiful. And course. Augie, um, what, what's the, the next beer that you poured for us? Uh, so this is our current release. We put it out last week. It's called Regular Coffee. Um, it's kind of a joke. I drink black coffee. Anybody that does and lives in New Jersey knows that when you accidentally say to somebody that you want your coffee regular, you get milk, two sugars. And since we didn't want to just make another coffee stout or whatever because that's not what we do we came up with the idea for a this is another 12 percent a 12 percent cream ale with some dextrose in it and we worked with a local coffee roaster to design kind of a pretty version of an acidic you know sour crappy coffee and then we put that into our beer and made regular coffee beer you know it's it's the second recipe i've read recently about putting dextrose in your beer but dextrose, what's that? Like but you love dextrose sugar? in your beer. Pliny has it. Uh, so people use it all the time that. for different reasons. We used it here to remain sweet. So the reason we got to 12 is because that's when the yeast died. We just wanted to have sugar left over. So we took it to about 10 and then pushed it because we wanted sugar left and just let the yeast kill itself. This is, it, it, this is really nice, too. I mean, I, I just like the way the coffee's in it. And did I hear you correctly? You're actually adding the finished coffee? So we, we double cold brew, and we did about a half gallon for every 20 gallons to get to where we want to be. Because we didn't want to affect the color. It's a golden beer, right? We did not want this to be mistaken for anything other than a cream ale. That's so interesting. So you're not going for, say, the tannins or the bean flavor. Like no. You want this to be a well, effing coffee beer. I, I want this to be, if you walk in, so if you walk into a diner or a lunch counter or anywhere in New Jersey and you ask for a pork leg and cheese and a coffee, and they say, how do you want your coffee? You say regular. They're going to hand you a paper cup of coffee that is a terrible coffee that's had some milk and sugar in it. And it's God willing 12%. Yeah, it is 12%. <laughs> and cold and yellow. It, 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 it does taste like a regular coffee. That's its job. All right. That's its job. Hey, we're going to take a short break. We'll come back. We're going to talk more about special things about beer <laughs> and on Beer Sasses Radio. All right. Woo. Go for it. Woo. Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. You are listening to Kill Me in the Summertime by Dead Stars on heritageradionetwork.org.
Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage <laughs> Radio Network. All right, we've got uh, Catalonia, Spain, New Jersey, Vermont, and uh, John Lumbaugh from Be United. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, buddy. Hey, uh, uh, for, for, for David and, and, and uh, it's Ben, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, from Spain. David, uh, Dave Brodick has a question for you guys. Dave wants to ask David, um, what role does beer play in the, at the Catalonian table? Um, and I know... You've already said that uh, you know it's it's a small part of the uh, of the Catalonian beer market, but uh, obviously it's it's uh, it's growing. So, um, where is it now in terms of uh, now that you've you've got some product and you're getting it out there? Where do you see it in terms of uh, the Catalonian table? Uh, what role does it play? Uh, ben, you want to grab that one? Sure, sure. Um, so, Ben, who are you? I am actually um, we we work together. I'm I'm also a brewer for for Art Servicers, and I also have my own uh, company, which is uh, Crut, and it's uh, a beer company as well out of uh, out of Catalonia. I am originally from California. I moved to to Barcelona almost ten years back. Lo and behold, I have a beer company, and here we are. <laughs> Lo and behold, you, you speak really good English. So that's pretty yeah. cool. So um, I, I think the role of, of beer in Catalonia is certainly, at the beer table, is, is coming more to light, especially with food pairings, with the restaurant with Ferran Adria, who is now, well, the restaurant El Bulli that is now closed, that was booked for like two years straight. Um, he had also uh, collaborated with one of the biggest producers of beer in Spain, to make a special beer, bringing further to light that beer can be a an exquisite product, something that can be paired with food. Um, so I, I think now it's just it's un, it's uncharted territory. Pe- people are starting to discover for themselves how beer can be paired with things, and um, certainly the, the the beer producers are doing their part in communicating with the public to be able to. Ben, let me say. So you're from California, yes, and you, and you live in Catalonia, yes. So uh, is there a beer scene in Catalonia? Absolutely. And and how would you describe that as an <laughs> as an American? Well, I know you guys have a beer festival <laughs> in June, right? No, I, pe- in April. April. Yeah, okay. People love to drink, and um, but people are a little bit more cautious to to experiment. Um, so as it, it it's a slow growing um, it's a slow growing thing, but I every year people are buying new fermenters, new companies are opening up. So we definitely see that there there is a consuming market, and and people are now ready to try. You know, our friends uh, Johnny and Jessica have Iberian Beer United, so they're Americans who are they're bringing in small amounts of of Spanish beers. One of the the breweries they import is called Lanjub. Do you know that? Yes, I do. And that's in Catalonia too, right? Yeah, exactly. So, how would you? What would you say about Lanju? That's, that's another Catalonian brewery. I know them perfectly. <laughs> um, they are producing uh, really good beers. In my opinion, the best one is uh, a stout. But they are producing uh, two. Uh, the Lanju, the Juliet. Stout. Juliet is a stout. Yeah, we love that beer. That's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. 
And, uh, and they're good customers of Blind Tiger, too. Yeah. Johnny and Jessica. I know it. I, I stay with them when I come down, so I can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and they are producing uh, um, something with local hops, too. I think it's uh, a single hop called... I don't remember the name, but it's... Well, they have a really good beer, and they are very nice people. You know, it's, it's so great that you guys came. So, so John, uh, they're here... F- from from Spain, and how long are they here? And are, are they visiting? What cities are they visiting? And what well, are you guys doing with them? Uh, they're here for the week. Um, they're going to be spending some time in the New York market. Um, are you guys uh, heading to Philadelphia this trip, or not Philadelphia? Or we don't know. I think it's mostly New York and Connecticut. Yeah. I know. Um, there's, uh, mm-hmm. After the show tonight, uh, there's a tasting at Jimmy's number forty three. Jimmy's forty three. You say two, the two beers we had on air. What are the two beers again, John? Uh, the Art Service Series Torque Dispelta, Torque Dispelta, and again, I'm going to pronounce it poorly. Cora. Cora. Yeah. And we have Cora. we have uh, plates of yamon and queso. It's really uh, our locally made ham and some some uh, New York cheeses. So now I know where we're going. After oh yeah, seven Absolutely. o'clock tonight. Jimmy's number forty three. And you know if, if uh, the people out there in podcast or uh, internet radio land are interested in learning more about art service series, I mean the easiest thing I could recommend for them to do is go to beunitedint.com where we have information about the brewery so and links to the website. And you guys have so many great breweries. And you know, and, oh, and thank we're, you. We're definitely due to talk more about this stuff. But let's circle back to, to, to yeah. New York City right now. So with Augie again, uh, it's always great having you on, thank and you. you have a lot of insight. I didn't realize you were such like a food snob. I'm I, mean, not a snob. I, I thought of you as a, a snob. snob. Come on, <laughs> I can tell you where to get the best pancakes and cheeseburgers too. I just really where care do we about get the best pancakes and cheeseburgers? The best pancakes actually are probably out of business right now because of Sandy, but it was oh. up in Woodstock, New York, a place called Sweet Sue's. Um, hands down, wow. trust me. Um, in town, it's what's his name's bakery. Um, City like, Bakery? I really no, wish no, that no, was no. the name of the... the uh, no, no, but it's not. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's somebody's bakery. It's, it's Lower East Side off of, um, I think, Houston. But anyway, those are the best. I need a boat beer right now. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Just so you brought your belt. Like, tell Thank us you. back. So one more thing. And then what's your? where's your favorite food and beer pairing place in New York? Well, right now you can go to Love Madison Park and get decoy with the duck it's modeled on. So hard to beat that. That sounds tremendous. <laughs> Actually, it's funny. Love Madison Park is a spectacular customer of B-United Imports. We once um, got six bottles for the U.S. of a rare brasserie of a poor beer and sent them two, and they sold them in one night. Yeah, well, and I said they weren't charging enough, and they said, oh, well, we were charging. Let's say, for, <laughs> since we're talking about a bully and stuff, in New York City, like the, the top, top expensive restaurants, who are the ones that are really buying all your specialty beers, John? I mean, my again um, – well, what's the what's the uh, polite answer? All, I love all my children equally, um, <laughs> but, you, but Eleven Madison. In all fairness, I think I, I, I think that Eleven Madison Park has the best beer list and uh, the deepest beer list of any fine dining restaurant in the U.S. But you know, fair enough, places like Gramercy Tavern have a wonderful vintage list and are wonderful customers. And then once you start talking about specific beer bars, I mean, the list is practically endless. But so that that's the secret beer. part because we're all beer bar guys. We're goodbrewseal.com and all that stuff. But Blind Tiger, Jimmy's number forty three. But really. There's this part of New York City that is the fine dining restaurants. I don't think it's possible to open up a fine dining restaurant in New York without giving serious consideration to the beer list. And I think that is one of the few ways in which New York is a gem in the beer world. I mean, you have Philadelphia, you have Chicago, you have D.C., which are spectacular beer towns and are developing, or if not have, spectacular fine dining experiences. But New York City, you cannot open 
a restaurant that has any chance of a Michelin star without giving serious consideration to the beer list. And, and I really and appreciate Augie, that. And Augie, so you, you also, what are some of the like restaurant accounts that you have, like top places? Um, I, Just a few of the reasons, because many of our listeners are listening from around the country. They'd like to know you, where would they go if they really want to get a really good meal with a beer. In the New only City. preface I'm going to make is how small we are. Really just a Jersey brewery, but everybody knows that New York and Philly are just suburbs of Red Bank. And we feel obliged to even take, that joke. You have to take care of our two we, neighbors. We really no, I don't need and to we appreciate it. it. It's nice of us, but um, but anyway. So we all, we send a very small amount here, and we try to keep it at places that do well. I know you know of the little Wisco Group. I'm good friends with them. I think they do the right kind of New and York just tell us one or two of those. So restaurants. that's Perla, Jeffries, Joseph Leonard. Those guys are just doing the right kind of Tuesday, West Wednesday. Village, yeah. kind of New York City. But you know, Tuesday, Wednesday dinner. You're not putting on a tie. You don't care. It's loud. You can have a good time. But the food is seriously awesome, and they care about it. Terroir, Paul Greco's places are great. Yeah, we were over at Hearth um, this morning. Or yeah, Hearth this Hearth. morning. Sorry. But you know, those guys, and, the, and <laughs> you know, it's we we're talking about the blog where I wrote about Tiger six years ago, and I wrote one night for my anniversary dinner. We went in, and Paul's wine list had four pages on Saison's. So we went in for our anniversary dinner to drink wine and had 12 Saison's instead because he'd convinced us with his list. So there's, it's always been something people take seriously. You just got to – Mama Fuku does a beer with Kelly Taylor that's great. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the Fuku beer. Kelso Fuku, yeah. that's a great beer. Yeah, but that's, that's Kelly and Chang and, you know, Chang team. Awesome. Making High five for everyone for coming on. Dave, a quick wrap-up with you and me. Um, so you're, you're coming f- – this is a good time from Vermont and New York. So for New York City Brewers Choice, our event, uh, February 26th in, uh, in the Wythe Hotel, um, you're bringing down some Vermont guys. Tell us, tell us the, what you're doing. Well, I was up at, uh, I went up to Burlington, and then all of a sudden um, uh, my partners wanted to go to Prohibition Pig, which <laughs> is in Waterbury, which is where Alchemist Teddy Topper comes from. And they actually have it on draft. It's one, there's only two places in the state that have it on draft. And so we were there, and I was talking to Chad, the owner, and uh, I told him about Brewer's Choice, and and uh, and I said, oh, you know, you should, because he's now he's starting a brewery. He just got his per, you know, his permits, his licensing is all. Is, in place. is it in in the the restaurant? And it's pub? down in the basement, and he's got the old Lawson uh, Lawson's finest, his Sean's original draft uh, 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 brewing system, to one barrel, and so he's he's brewing stuff. He's brewing a pale ale that's already. Like super highly rated, and a saison that he did with Brian Strumpke from uh, Stillwater. So I was like, "Why don't you come down and you can pour at the uh, Blind Tiger table?" And so that's what we're going to do. That's, that's awesome. awesome. And Chef Tommy, he's going to have something. Chef some Tommy's food. always got something. I'll, I'll give the pitch. So this is our fourth year doing New York City Brewers Choice, and the special feature this year is that uh, it's, it, even last year Scott Fakar from Captain Lawrence was the keynote speaker. This year it's Jeff O'Neill from Peekskill. The last year has been predominantly a New York State uh, brewery event. Uh, we have a couple out-of-state guys. We have White Birch from New Hampshire, Allagash, <coughs> Carton, we go. Augie, and we go. Uh, we're really psyched to have you guys. But this year the key feature is that many of the breweries are actually making special beers, kind of like they do in Catalonia with uh, a New York State grain that has been malted, and it's a challenge. And there's some guys like Omegang and Empire and, and Kelso who are making like these huge huge batches of New York State beer that they're going to be selling all week. And uh, I would just tell you, if you really want to know about New York beer, go to New York City Brewers Choice. And it's at a new location, which I, I think that's really great, to try something new at the Wythe Hotel. Well, we, you know, we want, the Wythe Hotel has been doing some really cool things, uh, the Food Book Fair, a lot of stuff. It, it, it's really it's, – it, it, if you say Wythe Hotel, you think good food, good drink, and it's in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. 
and uh, we're really proud to have the event there. So, you know, Jimmy, you mentioned Jeff O'Neill and Peekskill. Um, I think I saw something on social media about the beer he's making for the event. Yeah, it, it's becoming a big deal that, that each of these brewers are, is actually going to be a, a governor's cup type thing. We have some New York State officials, and we're going to actually give awards to who's making the best beer with the New York State ingredients. It's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. So I five everybody. This is a cool Ooh. group. But mostly I'm inspired. I think from this, this, this show tonight, I, I learned from uh, David Ruiz of Art Serviceres in Catalonia, Spain, uh, that... You know, things about what's important about beer. We asked, you know, why do I like beer so much more than whiskey? You said it's a social drink. Uh, and, and from what you said about the ingredients, it is natural. It can be natural. Uh, the local brewers are heroes, which is what we're seeing happen all the time. And from Carton to Barria to, you know. Augie's my hair. Everybody, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, local ingredients is, is really the, the key thing. And uh, we'll give a big shout out to Grow NYC, who's pushed the, the regional grains project. They're getting farmers upstate to grow uh, traditional grains that can be good for bread and, 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 uh, and beer. So. Dave, uh, we're, you know, we're going to have a fun month in New York City with New York it's, City Beer. Uh, I'll tell you it's that. always like, it's one of my favorite events of the year anywhere. And uh, I know I'm biased, but it, it's just, with all the brewers and owners there pouring and all the food, it's an amazing thing. Well, I, can, I can actually tell you, we avoid beer fests. Like, we don't do them. We don't do our own town's one. And we think this one's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, it's not really a fest, though. That's a problem. Yeah, it's, it's really an awesome like, place it's like for twenty-five industry beers, media so. VIP. But, yeah, but we very much go out of our way to make sure this one happens, and we avoid. We hate those things. But if, if you're in New York, February twenty-sixth, yeah. it's New York City Brewers' Choice. It's actually almost sold out. There's probably only a couple hundred tickets left, and it's, it's a very intimate affair. Guys, let's go around. John, just give us a quick sign out. Uh, Tell us about your, your special guest from Spain. Yeah, hey, uh, John from uh, Be United. Our special guest tonight was uh, David Rios from Art Serviceers, uh, just as, just outside of Barcelona. Spectacular right. new Catalan brewery. Well, I'll tell you what, this is a great show. We, we, we got kind of deep, and uh, it was so so much fun talking to David. And uh, to everybody, check out New York City Beer Week. A lot of good things are happening. And uh, we'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Hey, thanks to everybody. We've got a great team out there. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors at GreatBrewers.com. And as always, the Good Brazil, which is our guys like uh, Blind Tiger and Jimmy's number 43. Uh, you can always find us on uh, Twitter at Beer underscore Sessions. I know Maggie's out there tonight. She's tweeting away at, at Beer underscore Sessions. Uh, thanks again. Thanks for joining me. Uh, Dave, John, David, Ben, Augie, for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. I got through this night. Too much whiskey last night. <laughs> thanks to our producers. Jack Inslee, Maggie Seiden, Justin Kennedy, engineer tonight, Evan. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Cheers. Carton Woo! Boat Beer. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.